When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to episode eight, week nine in the NFL. I am your host, Bobby Stanley, also known as Prop Holiday on social media. Quick word from our sponsors. It's Eric Legrand, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Raise a glass to giving back. Every purchase of Eric Legrand's premier Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey directly supports community members living with paralysis. Our whiskey is made with choice heartland-grown corn, limestone-purified water, and the freshest rye and barley available. When you pick up a bottle of Eric Legrand bourbon, we make a donation to the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation, so you enjoy the finest bourbon around, and you also lend a helping hand. Pick up a bottle of Eric Legrand Premium Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey today, and cheers to a cause. Please enjoy responsibly. Produced by Eric Legrand Spirits, distilled in Owensburg, Kentucky, bottled in Bardstown, Kentucky, and is 88 proof by volume. And as always, it is Friday, so I need one of those immediately. This week's open. I guess we have to talk about it. I don't want to, but by default, I have to. Uh, James Harden has been traded to the Los Angeles Clippers. Now, last week's open, you can remember we talked about how impressed I was with the Clippers, how they looked early. I mean, having Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Kawhi all buying in and playing, giving them time to gel, I really felt could have made them a contender in the Western Conference right out of the gate. And it's a tough West. So they were kind of being overlooked. I think they were 12 to 1 at the time um, within the first week to bet to, to take down the, uh, the finals. Then they go and trade for James Harden. Now, the package makes sense for Philly. It's addition by subtraction right out of the gate. There really wasn't much of a market, if at all, for James Harden. They receive a bunch of expiring deals that will help them in 2024-25 uh, to build around Embiid and Maxi. They get a Clippers unprotected first in 2028, which may end up being worth something depending on how this experiment shakes out. They get two seconds, a first-round pick from OKC, and a first-round pick swaps. The pieces of merit, those expiring deals, Robert Covington going back to Philly, uh, Marcus Morris and Nick Batum. Um, I think KJ Martin was also another piece. The Clippers, they obviously get James Harden. They get PJ Tucker and Philip Petrusev, who I'm not too familiar with. Now, we can all agree Harden doesn't fit, like, at all. Doesn't fit with the Clippers' current roster construction. Ty Lue is on record saying this week, sacrifice is going to be the biggest thing. Now, let's flip that with James Harden quote of, I'm not a system player. I am a system. Um, that is just chef's kiss. You got to love hearing that uh, as someone who's really not a, a Clipper supporter. I have nothing against them, but I don't think there could be a, a starker reality for this Clippers team. Um, I don't think this move had anything to do with title aspirations. They have a $1.2 billion stadium opening next year. They need fans in those seats. Uh, they need to sell season tickets. If I look at it from a basketball standpoint, Russ and Harden play together. It does not fit. It did not last long in Houston. Russ doesn't play well off the ball. Harden will not come off the bench. If Russ has to go back to the bench, he's probably going to have a sourpuss about it. So not a great start there. James Harden holds the ball longer than any other player not named Luka Doncic in the NBA. 
I can't imagine this is going to fly with Kawhi or Paul George, who also needs the ball in his hands. Um, don't worry. Kawhi won't speak up. He probably just won't end up playing. Um, Russ is Russ. Kawhi maybe can make it work. He's been a part of a system fit in San Antonio, but it's, it just doesn't sit well with me. I, I can't see Harden, Harden and the Clippers having any type of title aspirations with this move. I don't know what the final five is going to look like. His first game is going to be against the Knicks next week, I think, on Monday. Um, Harden will be starting. I think Tyron Ty, uh, Lue said that um, he will be injected into the starting lineup. Um Harden had moments last postseason against the Celtics. That's when he had carte blanche to do whatever the hell he want when Embiid sat. And then there was moments where he just looked like he didn't give a shit in that Celtics series. So I I, I will give him some credit. I do think Daryl Morey lied to him uh, previous to last season where he said, you know, take less of a deal now, I'll take care of you this year. That didn't happen. And then Harden just went full rage mode. Um, and I kind of get it. But it doesn't overlook the fact that a lot of his other trades, whether it be forcing himself out of Houston to Brooklyn, was ugly. Forcing himself out of Brooklyn to Philly, I think, was equally ugly. Um, him running the high pick and roll with Embiid last year, it was one of the most effective two-man games in the NBA, probably outside of uh, Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. But this Clippers roster is not set up for that. So I, I think the Clippers took a step back in this in order to sell tickets for the stadium. That's kind of just where I want to leave it. With that, I want to bring in, I believe, a Philly native, one of my favorite handicappers and content creators in the in the gambling space. He is known as Maddie Betts. This man has almost 200,000 followers on TikTok, 41,000 on Instagram. And if I need a UFC bet, I go to this gentleman. Maddie, how you doing, brother? Doing great, my man. How we doing? Not too bad. I nailed the Philly. You're a Philly guy, right? Yes, I grew up in York, Pennsylvania, and my mom's side's all from Philly, so big Eagles fan. Are you a Sixers fan? So it's funny because I'm actually not a Sixers fan. I'm not a Sixers fan, Phillies fan, nothing else, literally just Eagles. Um, I've actually been very critical of the Sixers over the years with the whole Ben Simmons stuff, but that's a story for another day. <laughs> I do I do think the franchise is is cursed by the sporting gods for for even attempting to trust the process and then um yeah. like promoting it. So I this is that living in reality. Although I do think they look much better now that Harden's not in the lineup. The team's playing surprisingly well. Anyway, I, I forget think Tyrese Maxey, you go all in on him. I love Tyrese Maxey. I think he's the future. Most improved player. He's definitely in the conversation now. He's playing out of his mind. I actually like the way Kelly Oubre looks. Tobias Harris looks a better piece that that Harden's not. I mean, when you're when someone's there not holding the ball, the rest of the team just moves and plays better. And then Nick Nurse is obviously picking up the pace. But I don't want to talk about Philly. I want to talk about you, man. You are one of the better UFC cappers I've ever seen. You have a very interesting style. Um, you nailed Sean Strickland at plus four ninety over Izzy Adesanya. Um, tell me about it. Tell me about how you kind of handicap UFC and and how you're you're fitting in this this new gambling space. <clears throat> Yeah, for sure. So, so UFC, I think, is one of the first of all one of the most electric things to ever bet on. Like, it's the most entertaining. I would take it any day of the week over a football game, a basketball game. I think there's there's less variables. You know, it's one person versus another person, right? So, I like to look at how they match up stylistically. Um, I love contrarian plays in the UFC. I, I love trying to identify value, um, like Sean Strickland, for example. I'd be lying to you right now if I thought he was going to win that fight. I bet him because of the number, right? Like yeah. when you when you put these two guys next to each other, you look at their records, you look at who they fought. Sean Strickland has 
just almost as good as a resume as as Izzy as far as the guys he's fought, right? Izzy's done more. He has he's won the he's won the belt how many times, you know? But Sean has fought some killers, right? And he's gotten better every single fight. And I made him like a plus two hundred underdog in that fight, and I think even that number would have been a little bit high like and then i look at the number and i'm like he's literally five to one it's 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 just everyone these sports books know everyone is on israel adesanya they have him yeah. by ko they have a money line in parlays like no one was taking sean strickland in that fight they didn't give him yeah. any sort of chance i actually put out some videos on this and i had a few videos that went crazy viral because people were like this dude is a moron and I, going into that fight i'm like I still told people in the video, I was like, if you put a gun to my head right now, I'm going to take it out of Sonya. But I was like, you can give me five to one odds. I'm going to take Sean Strickland every day of the week. So he took Sean. I was actually very glad he didn't knock out out in that first round. He almost got him out of there late in that first round. And everybody would have said it would have been a fluke if that would have happened. So the fact that he literally beat his ass for four of the five rounds, almost five of the yeah. five rounds, I was I was pumped about that. I, I was stoked to see it. Um, and I'll take Sean every day of the week against Hamzat. You can give me plus 250 against Hamzat. Uh, I'm going to back him. I think he's super underrated. Uh, I'm going to take him every single time. No, that's fair, man. And you the, the point you made about him kind of going the distance with him, a lot of big, like Brandon Schaub, a lot of big UFC guys are like, that wasn't, this wasn't a fluke. This, this, was, this was an ass whooping. So I like right. that. I also... I, I love I, I hate calling it content. You're a handicapper and you're a, a damn good one. But your your videos I think are awesome. One, they give the explanation. And you also do like a lot of live reaction to the bets. And this yeah. is this is what people want to see. And you are putting your own money behind it, which is another thing I, I think is really big in this space. If I give out a bet, it's because I put my money on it. So when you lose and you say, you know, kiss my ass, Herb Jones had zero points, I lost money too, man. Like you're not in this alone. Um, and you put your money where your mouth is. That I, I obviously re respect and appreciate. Aside from UFC, um, you're you're dabbling in the I wouldn't call it dabbling, you're giving out really good NBA player props. You went three and oh last night, Thursday night. Um, and you have some betting trends that you're tracking over the course of the season in NFL. Tell us a little bit more about the other stuff besides UFC that you're working on. Yeah, for sure. So I actually got started with NBA player props like four or four and a half years ago, that's when I started getting some virality on TikTok. And, you know, my background's in restaurants and franchising and running businesses. So like, but I've been gambling since I was a kid. So I never thought like you would have told the 15, 16 year old me, I'd be doing this today. It would have been no chance of that. Like I, I literally grew up running franchises and, and running businesses. So, but like four or five years ago, I, I started making videos on, I started giving out NBA player props and we went on like, mm -hmm. a like 12 or 13 and I think it was like a 13 0 run. Um, and I started getting these videos just popping off. That was back when like TikTok was like, you post one video, 50,000 views in like hours. So that was back when TikTok was like the organic reach was insane. Um, yeah. And I just kept doing it and posting. Then I would stay at the hard rock here in Miami, uh, be out by the pool, you know, like making NBA videos, playing some tables. Um, and yeah, and I started gaining some traction there. And then UFC, I didn't really grow up watching UFC. Like I started watching it maybe five years ago, five, six years ago. And then mm -hmm. when I started betting on it, I was like, there is nothing better than this. Like, like it is, it is the most entertaining thing you could ever bet on. Forget horses, NFL games, NBA, anything. Yeah. I was like, this is insane. Um, so I, I don't even remember what the, what the question was. Oh, so 
So I started doing NBA player props and then the dogs in the under, I'll tell everyone a little bit about that. So I've had this theory that there's always value in NFL games on the dog, on the money line and the under the game, because everyone in the world likes NFL favorites and they love betting NFL overs. Um, so I started kind of going back and digging and looking at the historicals of like the last two or three years, the last five years, all of these different things. And then the past two seasons, so past two NFL seasons and the past two March Madness seasons, I blindly put a hundred bucks on every dog money line, no points, nothing, no total, nothing. Um, it was very profitable two years ago in the NFL. Uh, don't quote me on the number, but I think it was up close to 20 units for the season. And this is with no research, no line shopping, nothing, just blindly pacing a hundred bucks on whatever sports book I was at. And then last year it was killing it through the first 11 weeks of football up huge. And then mm -hmm. it went downward spiral. If you remember the, the second half of last season, all the favorites won. teams were like tanking, like every favorite won the second half of the season. So I ended up down money on the second year in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Match March Madness tournaments the last two years up 15 to 20 units, both tournaments. And you're talking a month span or so. So if you blindly just bet the dogs again, you need that one dog to come through. You need that one Cinderella yep. team that just makes, you know, wins two or three games and, you, and you're going to St. Peter's. You need the St. Peter's of the world. Exactly. So I'm going to, I plan on raising my unit size on March Madness uh, this, this next year and, and doing that again. Um, but for NFL, it is really a roller coaster. If you look at what's happened, this, so before I even get into that, so the last two seasons, uh, the, the first year was profitable. The second year, it tanked the second half of the season. So then I went back and looked at the numbers, and I noticed there was a correlation between underdogs winning and the games going under. Typically, when an underdog wins outright, it's because they're having success shutting down the favorite's offense slightly. So mm -hmm. there was about a 53 to 55% correlation, depending on the year, between the underdog winning outright and the game going under. So then I looked at last year and I was like, okay, I wasn't profitable just taking the dog money lines, but I would have been profitable if I just did, if I blindly did a same game parlay the whole season, dog money line and mm -hmm. under. So now I'm doing it this year. We are eight weeks in. Um, let me pull up the exact numbers here. Now, this is with an 0 and 16 week two, an anomaly week <laughs> two where 14 of the 16 games went over. So forget it. I had no chance, right? Um, yeah. And, uh, let me pull this up real quick, but I believe we're up about nine. I believe it's around 900 here on the season. Um, and that's just Which would be nine, nine units, nine units. Yeah. That was based Perfect. off a hundred dollar. Um, and that's again, just same game parlay dog money line and under. Um, and we've had some, some bad swing games where we've lost, like, for example, the, the Cowboys, when they, they lost to, uh, who was that loss at like week three or four, they were a bit, the Cardinals, they were, yeah. I had the Cardinals money line in the under. I lost the under by half a point. That was like a six or seven unit swing alone on that game. Um, just because how, how much that, that would have paid. So looking back on it, there's some spots where like, if I just buy a point and buy up these key numbers on totals, it would be mm -hmm. crushing it even more. And I've had a lot of my father's DM me and, and mentioned that. Um, but I'm having fun with it. Like I'm not a professional gambler. Like I try to do things semi-professionally. I run businesses for a living. Um, mm -hmm. I'm trying to do things professionally. I'm trying to, you know, focus on my content. I, I don't sell my personal picks. It's all free. So just trying to help the community win, run my businesses, um, and just continue to grow my brand. No, and I think that's awesome, man. There's, 
there's a lot of quality. I call them free handicappers. I, you know, I'm one of them. I work with a company called Pixwise. I get paid through Pixwise. I get my picks for free. And um, I also yeah. respect the Discord community. I have a lot of good friends that run Discords or in Discords, and they're damn good handicappers. I think there's value in both. Um, right. But nah, man, you're 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 onto something. You're definitely onto something in the US in the UFC side. The unders and the underdogs feels like a good season for it. Unders are are hitting me with the exception of your week two. The unders are hitting yep. in abundance. Touchdowns are down. Touchdown scores odds have been nuked. Um, for for a guy like me that does player props, I used to love looking forward to betting touchdown scores every week. You're you're getting. I, I think we saw Tyree Kill at one point. It was like minus two twenty. Christian McCaffrey is minus two seventy. I'm not betting that shit. It's it's there's no Same. value there. But these are numbers that used to be plus one ten, plus one twenty. There's still some value. You got to shop around. We'll talk about it later in the show. But you did yeah. mention one one thing in one of your in, in your Sean Strickland handicap that I love and it's it's a it's a process that I follow for NBA. You were mentioning strikes per minute for Sean Strickland. Take the take the names and the fighter out of it. Let's just look at the numbers, which is probably what you should be doing when you're betting anything. Um yep. I use a very similar strategy when I bet NBA player props. I get a guy's points per minute, rebounds per minute, PRA and then I'm working on projecting his minutes. Well, how do you do that? Obviously, you you start to look at the rotations. You look at the matchups. If I'm betting on a guard and I'm playing the Chicago Bulls, who Billy Donovan loves to run three-guard sets, I'm probably going to have this guard, instead of playing 29, 30 minutes, maybe he's at that 33, 34. And that makes a world of difference if I'm betting his points, rebounds, and assists. The best way to hit these props are to be on the floor. And it works the other way if you're betting unders. Who has a bad matchup? Who, who's played two games in the last three days? Maybe they need a little bit more rest. He's a vet, and I'm going to fade him. So um, strikes yeah. per minute, points per minute, taking everything else out of it, um, I think can only add an edge to your handicapping. Um, I do yeah. love the underdogs and the unders. I, I like the trend. I, I may have to dabble with it. Uh, so, Maddie, the point of this show is props, and I want to talk about my first prop this week. It is Jonathan Taylor running back for the Indianapolis Colts, over 81 and a half rush in receiving yards. Um, and just so you know, if I find value in a rush, if I find value in any line, then there's a good chance there's value in their derivatives. So if I like him over 81 and a half rush in receiving yards, getting him at over 100 plus combined at plus 210, I'm going to bring my unit size down. So I'm going to throw one unit on JT over 81 and a half, and then I'm going to go half a unit at 100 plus at plus 210. But just looking at the number standpoint of this, started the last two games, saw double-digit carries in each. Yes, Zach Moss is still a thing, but I think it's dwindling. As far as the receptions are concerned, he's seen six targets and four targets in two of the four games. Gardner Minshew, quick with a dump off. Obviously, Michael Pittman's pissed off he's not getting the ball. Good for a guy like Jonathan Taylor. Playing the Carolina Panthers, I think this is an ideal matchup for Jonathan Taylor to remind people who the hell he is. The guy who led the league in rushing two years ago. Um, if you take a, a freak week two out of the Carolina Panthers equation, they had Jamal Williams and Tony Jones not receiving backs. Take those numbers out of it. They're allowing um, four receptions, 47 receiving yards per game to opposing running backs, and then five yards per carry and 126 yards per carry on the ground. I just think this is a great spot uh, for Taylor to have a bigger workload. I do think they're going to – we, we have a little bit different opinion on this Carolina game. I do think Indy can can take control and play with a bit of a lead. So we'll segue mm -hmm. into what you think of Bryce Young. But my first play this week is 81 and a half rushing receiving on Jonathan Taylor and play that alt line at 100 plus. Tell me a little bit about Bryce Young. I know you yeah, like him. So I, 
Yeah, so I'm actually hoping Indy comes in and gets a big lead because if you look at some of the games, like 100%. And so I'm liking Bryce Young's over 221 and a half passing yards. So if you just look right off the bat, every single game this Colts team has played, every quarterback has gone over that number except P.J. Washington, which I don't really care about, (laughs) right? So he's gone over that number every single game. Three quarterbacks have gone over 300 yards. Right now, Bryce Young, and I know it's crazy, rookie quarterback, hasn't even come close to this number yet. 300-plus yards is plus 680 right now on FanDuel. I just saw it this morning. Um, you know, this this Colts defense, 32nd in scoring, 25th against the pass, gave up 384 yards to another rookie quarterback this year in C.J. Stroud, 319 mm-hmm. to the Rams, 310 to Derek Carr. I love the over 221 and a half. I love laddering this up 250 all the way to 300 plus. Um, I just think that this is a great spot. I hope the Colts go up because that's pretty much what happened in that Houston game, right? They went up and CJ Stroud had to kind of rally. I think he threw some pick. I think it was like his first pick or whatever, but yeah. basically, I don't know if it was, I was in week two, but long story short, they were behind. Um, and I think if the Panthers are behind in this game, we could finally see Bryce hit his first 300-yard game, but I absolutely love the over 221 and a half for sure. And also, just from a psychological standpoint, you're a rookie quarterback. You go and get your first win last week, and now you're coming home against one of the worst defenses in the NFL. I just think it's a it's a good betting spot. I like it. I like it. We do uh, we do an alt line parlay uh, on this show, Matt, and we I give it out every week. I try to give it out on TikTok and Instagram. I may have to add yeah. the 300 plus there. I, I like the five to one at the very least. If you're a guy that dabbles in round robins, like I do, I probably do like a yeah. four, four person round robin of alt lines. And I do a bunch of two, you know, the, the, the two leg combinations. This one's probably yeah. going to make it. I mean, um, and even if let you me wanted, jump over to, even if you wanted, even if you wanted to go slightly more conservative, like 275 plus 370, um, plus 370 odds is 275, 250s plus 194. So even if you wanted to go one of those two, and keep it a little more conservative. Climb that ladder. I don't. I, I love it. I don't even have to explain ladders. You're, you're one of the first guests that I have that I'm like, this is what a ladder is. But nah, you totally get it. <laughs> All right. Let me talk about my guy, Chris Olave. In a, I'm calling it a buy low spot. We can call it buy the dip, however you want to say it. His line is 60 and a half receiving yards over on FanDuel. Now, last week, obviously he has some stuff going on off the field. He's telling everybody, I'm in a slump. I'm in a slump. He still had nine targets for 46 yards last week. He would have had 70, but a ball literally hit him in the fucking helmet. Um, I He's averaging 13.4 yards per reception for his career. This line should be 65 and a half. We're getting it at 60 and a half against the Chicago Bears defense, and he's second in the NFL in air yards behind only A.J. Brown. This is a 1.5 unit play for me at the 60 and a half. Again, it's a buy low spot. It's 63 and a half on some other books. I think BetMGM and, and DraftKings. But then I look at the alt lines. 75 plus is plus 150. 100 plus is plus 390. He's already got two 100 plus yard games under his belt. Those were earlier in the season. I'm not buying the idea of I'm in a slump. Obviously, in golf, it's you can have the yips, you can get in your own head. Once you're out there running, you're playing football. It's hard to be in your own head when you're running four, five, 40. So I'm going with Olave over 60 and a half. I'm going to play his alt line at 70 and 100 plus, and I like it against this Bears team. I like it. And my last one, probably a guy nobody's talking about, but I, I like the situation. It's Demario Douglas of the New uh, the New England Patriots. Sorry about that. 41 and a half receiving yards. It's minus 115. 
In games where he plays over 40% of the snaps, he's seen six targets in each game. He's had four catches in each of those games, and he's averaging about 40 yards per game. Now, Commander's defense is a wet dream for wide receivers, and now they just bought, lost both of their pass rushers this week at the trade deadline, and Kendrick Bourne <laughs> is done for the season. He was the wide receiver one for the Pats. So I'm getting to Mario Douglas. I was actually looking at Mac Jones' alt lines on pass. I think it's like 219 and a half. I love picking on this commander's secondary. Their pass rush just got weaker. And I'm getting a guy whose line with Kendrick Bourne should probably be at 38 and a half. It goes up two yards, and he's got a better matchup, and he's probably going to get more targets his way. So I'm going to go with DeMario Douglas over the 41 and a half for one unit. And then the latter, 50 plus, plus 135. 75 plus is four plus 425. That's probably where I'm going to stop it. But if, you, you know, if you're a guy that throws five ten dollars on stuff his hundred plus is plus eleven twenty five uh and one twenty five us is seventeen to one I'm probably not going there I'll cap it at seventy five but I think it's a good spot for him I like that it reminds me of last week I had the Devontae Smith ladder and uh I had his oh, over and then I had you had it with me yeah I had, I had it up to a hundred a hundred plus and he he landed at ninety nine I was sick oh god yeah, no, I was I was on uh, I was on because the line was so low. The line was forty nine and a half. I mean, this is a guy whose line should be at sixty. And a lot of these books, they're playing the last three games. It's not a big enough sample size for me. I want to look at a guy's what's his yards per reception for his career. What are his targets for his you know, more so for his career than just the last four games? Um, and then you can really find value. That's that's where I'm looking at with the Alave line. Um, yep. Before we go into a UFC pick, you have really quick. I want to go through our touchdown scores. We mentioned. Touchdowns are down. Um, odds are nuked. Totals are down. I mean, we I, I was used to seeing a 44 and a half, a 45 and a half for almost every game. We're getting 37, 38, 40 and a half every week, it, it seems like. But the Matt, the way we break down these touchdown scores, I have a top shelf. This is your gray goose. This is your, your good stuff. I got my mid shelf, uh, you know, figured out Jack Daniels. And then we got Well Vodka, who throw, you know, five, 10 bucks on it. I'll start with my top shelf this week. It's um it's Bijan Robinson plus one thirty and sorry for the graphic it's Jonathan Taylor I think he's minus one oh five to minus one twenty depending on your book I do like both of these guys to get in the Atlanta Falcons offense last week in the second half when Heineke took over I think it went field goal field goal touchdown punt touchdown and then they 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 killed the clock Heineke's exactly what this Atlanta Falcons offense needed. I, I I don't like Desmond Ritter. I would be shocked if Desmond Ritter actually gets the job back because Falcons are sitting at four and four with a chance to win the NFC South and get a wild card spot. If they could start putting some points on the board, the Minnesota Vikings with no Kirk Cousins is a great spot to do it. Um, I, I think we could see Heineke ride this out. We've seen him do it before over Washington. So Bijan benefits from that. Jonathan Taylor, we already ran over. Um, I know you didn't have any yeah. tutties, but if he comes to mind, feel free to spit him out, man. I I love I love your Bijan Robinson pick. I agree with you on Taylor Heineke. So back when he was in the, the NFC East, people would literally kid with me and say, because I'm an Eagles fan, they would say that Heineke is the second best QB in the NFC East behind Dak Prescott. And this was this was before Jalen kind of took that next step. But yeah. I'm a big fan of Taylor Heineke, man. I, I think that offense is going to be clicking. Uh, that's a good number at plus one thirty. So I'm a I'm gonna ride that with you. There's for all the games this week, I have way too much action on the Minnesota Vikings Atlanta Falcons. So like I like Bijan. Heineke's rushing total I think was is fourteen and a half. His passing total was like 
214 and a half. He threw for 175 yards last week with no preparation, and he did it in one half. So Heineke's <laughs> uh, passing line is is quite interesting. I do know uh, Drake London is questionable. My favorite play of that game, dude, I don't know if you know him, Jaron Hall, BYU rookie quarterback. His rushing yep. total is 16 and a half. I gave that out for one unit. I'm playing 25 plus and I'm playing 50 plus. This guy's the closest thing I've seen to Russell Wilson as far as build game style. Like he averaged five carries per game in 2021, 4.7 carries per game in 2022. He's six foot. He he would have had the best three cone and short shuttle in the combine had he participated this year. Um, I think he's going to take off, especially against a Falcon secondary that's very underrated. So. Yeah. I have way too much action on a fucking Vikings Falcons game. <laughs> I got to take a look at that one. That's interesting. I was 16 I was, and uh, a half I, is I way. Was, Go ahead. Yeah. I was looking, I was looking at him the other day, uh, kind of looking at his, uh, at uh, his, his numbers the last few years and in BYU too, but I didn't even look at the Russian. So I, I want to take a look at that. That's interesting. He's about a four six forty guy, but if you if you like just looked at him in the preseason, if you go watch his preseason highlights, he can get to the edge. Yeah. He can he can beat a couple defenders and linebackers to the edge. I do think the Atlanta Falcons secondary is very underrated, and if he doesn't get past if he doesn't get anything out of his second read, I could just see him. All right, take it and let's let's get some yards. And as far as Josh Dobbs, they just traded for uh, Jared Hall may only get one crack at this. We may see Dobbs next week, so. He's right. a lot is going into this game for Hall. I love the 16 and a half, and I'm really messing with the alt lines. Um, I like it. Ol- Olave at two to one to score. Uh, I'm not going to hammer him. We already talked about him and the matchup, but I think he leads the league in red zone targets for a guy that only scored one touchdown on the season. As odd as that sounds, mm-hmm. I like him at two to one. I do think it's a really good bounce back spot for him. I won't go too heavy into that. Um, yeah, I want to talk about Welvaca. My well vodka six to one on Jaron Hall. We just mentioned him. He's got some legs. I don't trust Alexander Madison. I actually think it may be a good Cam Akers spot. Um, but if this Falcons team can put up some points, they may be playing from behind and maybe Jaron Hall scampers one in inside the 20. Six to one sounds like decent value to me. Julian Hill's the interesting one. Julian Hill is a backup tight end for the Miami Dolphins. They're playing in Germany. Durham Smith was walking around all week with a boot, but then he did end up practicing on Thursday. Now, Julian Hill played 40% of the snaps with Durham Smith the last two weeks. If Smith is a late scratch, because he was walking around with a boot, I think it was an ankle injury, him to score a touchdown is 12-1 to 1 in this high-scoring Chiefs affair. I just like the odds. So I threw, um, I think I threw 20 bucks at 12-1, uh, to 1, and then I threw $10 on him to score two touchdowns. It's like plus 12000 or something. Uh, it's $10. I don't really care, but... Um, Julian Hill, I think, is someone, if it's a late scratch in a high-scoring game, and he's been on the field the last two games with Smith, there could be some value there. So interesting well-vodka choices, but only spend well-vodka prices. Um, UFC, you got one. I want to close on your UFC play, man. This is your bread and butter. What do you what do you like in this weekend in the UFC? Yeah, so I have a play in the main event. Now, to anyone listening right now, just know that if you tail this, you're gonna be it's gonna be the biggest five minute sweat of your life. Like not even close, right? Because we're taking the we're taking the Derek Lewis Almeida fight to go to the second round. So if you know anything about UFC and Derek Lewis, he is leads the UFC in knockouts, right? He's a guy that will literally put, you know, send anyone to the shadow round. 
Um, and he's also a guy that can get finished early too, right? So it's a very scary play. I'm looking at the number on this though, which is why I like it. Uh, it's around plus 180. I'm, I'm going to take a look around today, see if I can get a better number on that. But I would tail it at plus 175 or higher if you can't get if you can't get that number, maybe just pass on this. Um, but Derek Lewis, like I think we're kind of like a prisoner of you know some recency bias here because Sergey Spivak was able to you know, just in February of this year, take him down and finish him in the first round. So everyone's running the MMA math like, oh, this Jalatin Ameda guy is the real deal. He can shoot a takedown, get Derek Lewis down, and finish him right away. Um, but we've seen Derek Lewis. He's fought guys like, you know, uh, Surreal God went to the third round. I know he's not a wrestler, but he's still, you know, a top two or three guy in the world. Curtis Blades, one of the best wrestlers of the division, he made it to the second round with him, and he ended up finishing him. He was getting killed in that fight. I don't know how he won. He he got a, a, a sick uppercut he landed and put him out. Um, Alexia Olenek, another grappler, went to the second round. Alir Latifi went three rounds. Uh, Daniel Cormier went to the second round before DC was able to sub him. So I just think the number on this is crazy. Um, Almeida's 20 pounds lighter than Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis is a huge, strong guy, and Almeida shoots – double leg takedowns like the reason Sergey Spivak was able to take him down is like his takedown was more of like a throw like he got up against Derek Lewis and then threw him but Almeida mm -hmm. shoots those double leg takedowns and Derek Lewis will literally sprawl out and throw all 260 pounds of, of him on top of you um, and I also think Almeida has to be careful early because you can't just run in on Derek Lewis like he can throw an uppercut or a knee um, and you can be the fight can be over. So I think he's been more calculated with take, getting it, like finding his takedowns. And I think it could play out a couple minutes on the feet. Maybe he gets a takedown late in the first round, but I think Derek Lewis could survive. And outside of Derek Lewis's last fight, where he, I don't know if you saw it, but he just ran a flying knee in the first five seconds. Mm -hmm. um, it was against uh, Marcos Rogerio de Lima, and he finished him in what was it, 30 seconds? He knocked him out. And um, and if the fight could have been called before that, honestly. So again, this is a scary bet. Like I want everyone to understand what they're what they're getting themselves into if they tail this. Um, but I don't see him doing that in this fight because you risk you you can do that against Marcos Rogério de Lima, but if you do that and you don't land your flying knee and then you're on your back against Jonathan Almeida for four minutes, you're in a bad spot. So I think we'll see a more patient Derek Lewis on the feet. I think we'll see a more patient Jonathan Almeida because he knows the danger he possesses. Um, and then I think we'll get to the second round. And then you can take either of these guys in round two, and you're going to get a big number on it. I like it, man. I like it. Obviously, the it's the, scary. The it's, it's scary. It is. So it's like everybody bets overs when it's like NBA, NFL, and now we're we're betting overs in UFC. It's like, oh, shit, I don't, I don't want to bet the over here. And, yeah, so the unders in the UFC is the overs. Overs. The <laughs> Good it's, stuff. It's so look at it backwards. <laughs> it is completely backwards. It's pretty awesome, though. All right, so I'm gonna. I don't have bet. I can't get into bet three six five. I don't know if you ever use that book. It's it's exclusive to like Jersey, PA, and a couple of ones, but they have a really good alt line setup. I want to do this. I want to do Olave a hundred plus. I want to do Bryce Young three hundred plus, and maybe we do Jaron Hall twenty five plus. And put that together. I'll probably put ten bucks on it. I don't have the odds in front of me. It's got to be close to a thousand bucks. Each of these are anywhere are pretty damn close to four to one, five to one. I'm gonna throw that in for the alt line parlay of the week. I'll put that up on my Twitter. Um, 
He is Maddie Betts with two S's. Make sure you're following him on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Matt, is there anything you want to plug before we go? I can't thank you enough for jumping on, man. It's been awesome. Yeah, no, absolutely. I've had a blast. And uh, yeah, no, just anywhere on social media. I'm on, actually on Facebook too. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. I do have two shows a week on the Matty Best YouTube channel. Uh, every Tuesday night, we do a live NFL show at 6.30 Eastern. And then 8.30 that same night, we do a live uh, UFC show. Um, and we break down every game for the entire NFL card for the weekend. And we break down every fight for the UFC card. That's also on Apple, Spotify, uh, and Facebook and YouTube. There are not enough good UFC handicappers out there. I do. I truly, I'm not just blowing smoke, man. I do think when you're one of the best UFC handicappers I've seen and the trends you're betting, he's betting numbers. He's not betting with his gut. He's not betting. He's, he's betting strictly numbers, unders and the underdog. And from what I've seen his NBA player props have been pretty damn good to start the year. Maddie, thank you so much for joining. You are always welcome back. If there's ever a big UFC pay-per-view, I'd love to get you back on. Uh, but I know that is top-notch content for you. Maddie, thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Would love to. Yeah. Thanks for having me, bro. Guys, best of luck on your Sunday bets. Take care.